welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I'm here. We're going to talk about some video games. I think this time, you're going to have the confusing video game. Yes, I definitely have the confusing video game this week. That yeah. is for sure. Especially since you've got some pretty like straightforward stuff you've been playing. <laughs> well, you know, after Yakuza and then the Weird Bird Crow Boy game, I figured it'd be time to like get some traditional, I can explain this without sounding like a crazy person. But keeping with tradition, this is a Gamers in episode where at least one of us is flying off the rails, so... Exactly, exactly. So uh, I'm actually really interested to hear about your thoughts on the Piranha Plant in Smash because yeah. I tried. So when I pre-ordered the game or bought the game, I got or I was supposed to get an email unlocking the Piranha Plant when it became available, but I never got the email. So it was supposed to come within 10 days or something. And hmm. uh, that was back at the beginning of December. And their website is super hard to navigate. So I still haven't, like, basically they say, or like they have it set up to say whenever you look for like piranha plant or missing codes or anything like that, it like sends you to the same help page that's like, don't worry, you'll receive an email within 10 days of purchasing. And I'm like, it's been like two months since I purchased it and I don't have a code yet. Like, but there's no help page for that. They're just assuming I'm being impatient. Right. So... I have to, like, the only option was to, like, call them. I'm like, oh, I do not want to call Nintendo. <laughs> no, you do not. Uh, this. So, wait, did you pre-order digitally, right? Yes. Yeah. So, Because that's the thing. Like, if you, if you bought it in store, mm -hmm. you would have had a card with a code that you just, like, like, a scratch it off and it'll show you the code and then you just redeem it in the Nintendo store. But if you purchase digitally, then they're supposed to email you and they never did, so... Yeah, no, I, I'm the way it works physically is like you, you, you put the the cart in, then you, uh, or you put the the cart in, and then you choose to activate your Nintendo coins, and then that registers it to your account. And I did get an email shortly after. It might have gone into your spam folder. Um, mm, I checked I, my spam folder, and there's nothing there. But huh, my yeah. spam folder also had been empty because it empties every thirty days or whatever. True. Once messages are thirty days, old. so it might have originally gone in my spam folder, and I might have just missed it. I don't know. But well, it's uh, I'll have to dig for the email and see what it looks like, and then maybe there's a way to maybe there's a way to look on your Nintendo account. Not that that's it might be easier to call than navigating yeah. your Nintendo account. Um, but it is, it is, so basically how it works is, and the windows passed for, uh, telling Nintendo that you, you pre-ordered the game, you pre, sorry, you purchased the game prior to January 31st, obviously. Now, mm -hmm. if you haven't told Nintendo that, they are not going to believe you, uh, cause it is now February 1st. That's how, that's how right. time works. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you can purchase the Piranha Plant character for $5, which honestly, if you're a, a Smash fan, that's that's a crazy low amount for a fighter. I know a lot of people who play fighters uh, with DLC. Five dollars for a character is is pretty generous. And but that being said, like you did pre-order it, you you should have gotten it for free. Therefore, you, mm -hmm. you might want to dig into that because honestly, uh, this is probably one of the more inventive characters that Nintendo's put into a Smash Brothers game. You look at the other characters, and I would say, not since the Ice Climbers have we been dazzled with, really, they're going to they gonna make a 
a fighter with that guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he, you know, he fits like, and I don't know if it's a he. I keep saying he. It could be a she. I don't know. Is Do piranha plants have gender, Jocelyn? I'm going to go with no. <laughs> it's <Okay>. a plant. <laughs> do plants have gender? <laughs> I don't know. Well. Someone Google that. <laughs> <laughs> actually don't i don't i i do not want to look up the skirt of piranha plant um so basically this this is the piranha plant we know and love you know same sounds you've come to know and enjoy uh and but very mobile for for a potted plant and he and he kind of and i'm just going to use he pronouns it whatever it kind of waddles in its little uh, little pot it's a little slower a little more cumbersome than than some characters you're used to but and, and slower as well, but he is—he's uh, very—he—he he packs a punch, and he's got some really fun moves where that gives him far reach uh, across the across the map. Um, one mo- one move in particular, and this is the other thing too—is like it's pretty predictable with the way characters move in this game and the way characters interact with each other through their through their moves. Uh, they all kind of work the same, you know. Smash an A over is going to do something that you expect it to do, and and that's no different with the Prana Plant. But the special moves, you kind of know what you're getting into. You're you're pushing B, and something's happening just while you're standing still, and then you're pushing down and B, and you you do like maybe a like a move that would make sense for that direction. Um, but with Prana Plant, you push down and B, and you're kind of saving up this poison cloud which is very unlike a lot of other characters because we usually that's like a b move you know where you where you charge your your uh your your laser beam i guess is a good one with samus um so he has like a poison cloud move that kind of if you charge it up it spits this larger poison cloud that kind of hangs in in that certain area and i don't think people get caught in it they just kind of slow down and then take damage over time so it's really good for kind of larger scale battles, um, and it kind of kind of separates um, people or the fighters on the map. But the weirdest move he has is that if you push, uh, I think it's now I can't remember. Is it just B? I think it's just B. Or my, anyways, there's a move where he kind of goes into his pot and then you can charge it up and as he's into his pot you can kind of move the pot but you're not really aiming the shot you're kind of just you're either going straight up like you're charging the shot and you're shooting straight up out of your out of your pot or you're kind of rocking the pot and it's falling over and then you can activate the move while the pot is falling over in a in a in a 90 degree sort of range and it's a really cool move that can reach, uh, you know, the longer you charge it, the farther your piranha plant can reach. Kind of like a get om- get get over here type move from Scorpion, except you're not you're not bringing them over towards you. You're you're just launching out and snapping at them like a like mm-hmm. a piranha plant would. And they're very faithful to as they normally are with these characters. They're very faithful to what you would, uh, I don't know, imagine a piranha plant would be in a fighting game, and it's uh he's a lot of fun and certainly very wacky uh in terms of the characters they're they're looking to add with the dlc roster so he's not he's not super easy like this isn't someone you're gonna want to play with your, your first go around in smash brothers but he's a good like i think medium skill uh player he's a lot of fun to play with as well which is nice it's not like a high skill character where you're gonna have to really invest time to to get good with him but uh you know i was i was having a good time limited 
limited amount of chances I got to, to play uh, as this character. As, and in terms of as a free DLC character, it, it's pretty spot on. Um, I, I would recommend if, if you have a chance to kind of sort that out and give him a shot because he's truly unique. There's nothing else like this uh, yeah. in Smash Brothers. So, yeah, highly recommended for sure. Yeah, it's it's too bad that we haven't had a chance yet. And I mean, like, depending on how many hoops I have to jump through, I mean, for the, what was it, $5 cost? Mm-hmm. Maybe I should just buy it. <laughs> yeah, it, like for five bucks, it's a it's a it's a decent deal. What you're getting with that with this character, and w- which differs from the fighters pass. So there's the fighters pass for Smash Brothers, which is thirty dollars Canadian. That's five fighters, five stages, new music, stuff like that to go with that character. However, with Piranha Plant, you are getting just the character and uh, a spirit and some icons, like nothing mm-hmm. crazy. Um, so that's why I think it's priced at $5 because you're not getting a new stage. You're not getting new music because there's already music that goes along with Piranha Plant. He's a Mario character, right? So they've got that yeah. in there. Um, so the value's there. Like they, they've appropriately priced it. Uh, the weird thing is, though, that they said like, oh, it would go on sale at a later date. And like that later date was literally the day after it was not available for free. <laughs> uh, Nintendo is so weirdly cryptic when they don't need to be they easily just could have said like hey if you didn't pre-order it don't worry you can just buy the character the next day it's not it's not the end of the world (laughs) but uh man they're they're so cute sometimes with their online stuff i just don't get it (laughs) so other than smash you did uh try something else out this week right Mm -hmm. yeah no i i ended up picking up resident evil 2 which is a remake, um, this is the remake of, well, Resident Evil 2, which came out on PlayStation in 98. Uh, so wow. The, yeah, it's a 20-year-old game, it's a remake of a 20-year-old game, and this this is a from-the-grounds re- from remake. They've, they've built it up from scratch. Which, I've heard that a lot of people of the, like, Resident, fans of the Resident Evil franchise say that Resident Evil 2 was, like, the best game so i'm curious like if the dorian combat and stuff like holds up i guess yeah i so i don't think i don't did you, remember did you play it back in the day i played a little bit of it um i was a nintendo person surprise surprise when yeah. uh, back in the day talking no one no <laughs> yeah exactly we just talked for 10 minutes about piranha plan um <laughs> I, I I was a Nintendo person back in the day. I didn't own a, a PlayStation platform until the PlayStation Three, and that was fairly late into that that cycle. Um, so Resident Evil Two uh, did come across my desk with uh, Resident Evil Two on the N sixty four, which was by all means probably the worst version of that game. <laughs> um, but hey, I had no other choice, and I, I ended up renting it. I never beat it. I got a you know a little bit far. It was back Man, in the. Remember when we used to rent games? Yeah. Ooh. For all those people listening, that no, I think I think they still rent. You can still rent games in the states through uh, like GameFly and stuff. Canada is a barren wasteland. And you can't rent it. Like there are still shells of blockbusters hanging around in some towns. Um, <laughs> they finally, I think, got. I think the blockbuster sign is still uh, up in Belleville, in my hometown. So wow, you drive by it and you're just thinking like. Man, that's really sad. That blockbuster must be haunting that little mall. That's crazy. (laughs) 
Um, but no, I rented uh, Resident Evil 2 back in the day when we just like we'd call Blockbuster and we'd say, "Hey, we want to rent this game. Can you put it aside?" And, and my dad worked in town. We lived in the middle of nowhere, so on his way home, he'd like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta pick up a game for my son. Uh, it's Resident Evil 2." Okay, thank you. Um, and that wasn't the weirdest thing we had to to him pick up at Blockbuster, but. It was a bad. It was a bad port on the N sixty four. But honestly, Resident Evil two is heralded as like sequels of all sequels. Like this is this is mm-hmm. what it means to follow up on a on a cult classic and deliver a classic, uh, a well loved game. Uh, Resident Evil two introduced the the true dynamic or, or followed up with the true dynamic of like two characters split stories that intertwined and all that fun stuff. So in this one, it's Claire Redfield, which is uh, the sister of the main character, Chris Redfield, in the first one. And then you have Leon Kennedy, who's, who's been a staple of the franchise. He's most popular uh, from Resident Evil 4, which was a, another great Resident Evil game. Uh, have you played any of the Resident Evil titles? Uh, no. No? Okay. I did because they're they're kind of like they're horror games, right? They're zombie games, so they. I actually are. Resident Evil. I haven't even like watched the movies. <laughs> oh really? The movies are terrible. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> actually, I, if I had to tell you, I think one and one is a good movie and a good Resident Evil movie. Three is the first twenty minutes of two is okay. Uh, three is three is all right as well. It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic desert movie, but then like they just go they go crazy after that, and I think they even negate like three as like a dream sequence. It's really it's really dumb. Um, I love when they do things like that. I know it's and it's it was funny. All a dream. <laughs> it's because and, and the funny thing about those movies is that it's all the same director. It's like what you wanted a do-over for your third one, like so you made it a dream <laughs> sequence. I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um. But anyways, back to Resident Evil 2. Um, this remake is fantastic. They, they've, of course, they've taken the story, they've taken uh, the, the general idea and layout of Resident Evil 2 from back in the day. But obviously, they've updated it for the modern times. Uh, it feels very actiony, like it feels, but it's, there's still that survival horror genre type stuff there where yeah things are popping into closets and you're being stalked there's a lot of memes out there if you have no interest in playing this game you, you can still check out the memes for mr x which is this character <laughs> that will taunt you and there's some great like uh, dmx remixes for him and he just does some funny stuff in in the game and, and kind of the way he's programmed he's programmed to kind of like stalk you in the around the hour three mark um, which kind of keeps you moving through through the the police station. Um, so you start off, you eventually get to a police station. That's your first main area. And the staple of Resident Evil games is that it's kind of like a Metroidvania where you're you're collecting items so that you can then progress through through the uh, through the through the map. And a great example of that is like you start off with just a pistol, and then some guy gives you a knife and 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 you're like, oh, great, now I can use this to slice tape off of a control box so I can open this you know, shutter to get into the, the west side of the police station. So there's a lot of those moments where you're running around collecting things to progress further and unlock more rooms and more puzzles and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of log- logic puzzles as well. Like you're in these rooms where like clearly there's a puzzle here that you have to solve, whether you're 
um, trying to figure out the combination to a lock or uh, put these symbols well, that... in certain uh, certain orders to get get the item stuff like that that sounds fun because I just kind of assumed it was like jumpy out scary horror monster things all the time there... and it was just kind of like a shoot 'em up thing I didn't realize that there was actually like puzzles to it and stuff there, there's a lot of puzzles uh, the cool thing is there's there's also a lot of there's a lot in there in this game that will will surprise you. Like there's a demo out there. There's the one shot demo, which is a thirty minute demo. I I'm not sure if it's still up. I know Capcom was gonna take it down at some point, but basically the, there's a lot of there is a lot of action. There's a lot of horror elements. There are monsters that will pop out of you know the monster closets as they call them. Um, but then there are also these moments where you're you're kind of fighting for your life. Uh, and stuff like that but it's it's a good mixture there are these quiet moments where you're able to solve puzzles without the worry of of these monsters coming at you there's never these moments where you're you're having to struggle with a puzzle um in order to progress you know which is nice um there are moments when you know there was this boss battle i was doing actually before we started recording which felt like a puzzle but it was more like a combat puzzle um, so it was a little a little more under pressure, but for most of it, like the puzzles are kind of cool. Like I gotta figure out, uh, you know, the order of which these these I don't know who designed this place, but there's like fuse boxes, and you have to put the fuses in specific orders, and the fuses are all like chess <laughs> pieces. I'm like, just label them one, two, three through six. Like why are they chess pieces? What is wrong with you people? Like this is super dangerous. I should not be playing with fuses. I don't understand what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of that. A lot of these weird puzzles were like, this is supposed to be a laboratory. Why is everything a chess piece? Or why why am I why are you guarding a grenade launcher with you know, by removing, you know, numbers on a keypad, like and I'm having mm-hmm. to scour the police station for these these extra parts. Um <laughs> But the game looks fantastic. Like they've really done a number here to to bring it's really crazy. Like obviously the game didn't look like this 20 years ago, but you do feel the the uh, the spirit of that game in this. Yet they've still brought it up to what you'd expect a game to look like in 2019. Um, I'm playing it on the Xbox One X, which is you know it's in 4K, so it looks fantastic. Uh, but yeah, this is like one of the best remakes I've ever played. It's if you're a fan of Resident Evil. This is this is the game you got to play. Like it's it's harkening back to the Resident Evils you love, unlike Resident Evil Seven, which was an evolution of the franchise into this new first-person horror genre um, that still had staples of the franchise. But this is the Resident Evil you grew up with, but brought into the in into twenty nineteen, which which is fantastic. It's I'm glad they're doing both. You know, um, did they do a remake of Resident Evil? Yeah, actually, that was the first, oh, okay. uh, the second Resident Evil uh, I played, the first one that I played all the way through, they actually remade it on GameCube, uh, and that was the first remake they did, as far as I know, and then that one actually, and Resident Evil Zero, were released in HD uh, not too long ago, actually, I think just a couple years ago, um, but those those have not aged as well, like, if you're looking to jump in Resident Evil 2, this one, is a really good jumping in point because you're not missing much of the story. Like, they kind of they kind of explain 
what Chris Redfield was doing, and there's hints to what happened at the mansion in Resident Evil 1 and what happened at the train station in Resident Evil 0. But honestly, like, they've... This is a good jumping in point, and you can kind of choose between who you want to play as. There's two characters you start out, out as, and you can you can play as either Leon or Claire uh, at the very beginning. I chose Claire because uh, it's a little bit of an easier path. They give you the grenade launcher right up front, and and uh, well, it's a grenade launcher. Obviously, it's going to make things a little easier. Yeah. Um, but uh, now I'm really enjoying it. I've only had a couple moments where uh, I've I've started. This is the staple of Resident Evil. Is like. If you're not careful, you can have ammo fatigue. So if you've ever played one of those first-person shooters or any sort of shooter, the worst thing that can happen is you run out of ammo. That's the worst feeling in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in this, like, if you run out of ammo, you're like everything's finite. So you're kind of like, well, shit, I got no ammo. So you just have to run away from everything until you find ammo. It's It can be a little bit frustrating. I've only come across that scenario once. Um, and it can kind of feel like the game is, is punishing you, but it's part of, it's part of the design, right? Is this, you have to conserve your yeah, ammo. You can't it's just done on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you treat everything as a bullet sponge, of course you're going to have some issues, right? So it's, uh, 2019 levels, which is nice. Very cool. I mean, I don't know if I'll, I'll pick it up because it it's kind of like, I don't know if it's my jam. Maybe I'll watch some streams or something, but um, I'm glad that they did a good job because I know that there were a lot of people that were really excited about this as there were a lot of people really excited about what I played this week. Uh, So I played Kingdom Hearts 3 Mm -hmm. and so it's been like 15 years, I think, give or take, since Kingdom Hearts 2. (laughs) And I never played Kingdom Hearts or Kingdom Hearts 2. So I'm like coming to the franchise totally oblivious to what happened. I tried to watch a video explaining the story of Kingdom Hearts. I still don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) So there's like probably a lot of these primers for Kingdom Hearts. I've seen the jokes of like Kingdom Hearts 3 in 5 minutes, but it's actually a 30 minute video. Mm. Um, now, did you watch like a, you had mentioned, we were talking pre-show, you've watched like a five minute story. Now, are, is there stuff in game to kind of bring you up to speed? Like an in game, like, Hey, here's what you Um, missed if, if you haven't been playing. Not really. There's like, and, and this is kind of the thing. Like, so the story of Kingdom Hearts is super confusing and it seems like they, start to almost maybe try to explain it and there's like credits at the beginning and there's shots of what I think were events from the first two games Mm -hmm. but there's no like words it's just like music and action sequences and stuff so I was just really really lost and Kingdom Hearts 3 does the same thing that Xenoblade Chronicles did where I probably played for about two hours today, but the amount of actual gameplay was 20 minutes, maybe Ooh. at most, because it's just like cutscene on top of cutscene on top of cutscene. And it, yeah, very much like it feels like you have to watch them, but at the same time, they're not really saying anything. Like, and again, 
I didn't play one and two, so this could be a big part of it too. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily expect them to do a full handholding of what happened, but it would have been nice. Like previously on Kingdom Hearts, you know, something yeah. like that would have been kind of helpful because, like, so you jump in and you're told you have to choose um, two things. You have to choose uh, what kind of stats you want i think and then i think and then what kind of character you want to play but there's like no explanation it's just like super super vague so you go and you say like okay you can choose either like vitality or wisdom or balance and so i picked balance and then they were like yes strong body and strong mind or something like that so i was like okay yeah that sounds good like you know, because I, I feel like the other choices would be, you know, like be super strong or be super smart. And like, so basically be like a warrior or like a magic caster, I would guess. So I chose the balance because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And then they ask you if you want to be a warrior, a protector or a mystic. So I picked Mystic because I didn't really know what I wanted to do or should be doing. It's it's a very complicated game. There's a lot of different like moves. There's a lot of inventory and gear and consumables management. There's mm. it's just like there's there's a lot to it. And I think I just wasn't really in the headspace to to figure all of that stuff out. So I don't know. I was trying to kind of follow along, but it was really, really hard and really convoluted. And so anyways, you, you pick these things in this giant, like stained glass room and then some stuff happens, but I couldn't even tell you what happened. <laughs> then all of a sudden you're standing in like this office with this like wizard guy and then Goofy and Donald are with you for some reason, which is really weird because all you've seen up to that point is like super anime type characters. Really a lot of the like shots and stuff. Like it's, I should say it's an absolutely gorgeous game. Like it is beautiful. Mm. It looks um, like they've really like uh, from what I've seen. And I know if you're early on, you probably haven't seen, I've, I've seen this, but they've really tried to capture each of these distinct worlds in in this Disney in the Disney uh, catalog right and I'm wondering like what what I've seen I've seen like the Toy Story area that I've seen some of the trailers and stuff but man it looks it does look gorgeous and it looks like they've just had to build all these different art styles for all these different worlds which is kind mm. of exciting right um, yeah and that's what got me excited about Kingdom Hearts just in general is because I, I love Disney stuff. So I was super excited because I was like, wow, this looks like I'm playing through a Disney movie. And it does. It totally does. So I've played through um, the first world, which is um, the, oh, I guess it's it's Olympus. It's like Hercules's world. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, it has been kind of interesting, but it's like, there's a whole bunch of bad guys that show up and kind of like taunt you and you've like lost your powers or something, but it doesn't really tell you where the Disney characters came from or give you any kind of background there. 
it doesn't really tell you I guess you're just trying to get your strength back that's kind of the story I don't know it's all it's really confusing and really convoluted and <laughs> I, I didn't I really didn't understand what was going on which is unfortunate because I feel like it is a cool game world that I really want to play in but I'm struggling to hair because yeah, so, I know like story is a big part of what allows you to really invest in a game and I'm wondering if there's this moment where story because you're a Disney fan story would just exit your mind as like this 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 thing that makes you want to keep going and just focusing on characters of like I want to play Kingdom Hearts 3 and get my toy story on or do my do the hercules uh you know experience that and enjoy that side of it and just listening to the uh the sound alikes because they couldn't afford tom hanks like i'm wondering <laughs> if that's that's your your carrot on the stick as opposed to a yeah, story and- that even if you understood it would it still even make sense like i yeah, and that's kind of the thing about Kingdom Hearts 3 as I'm going to, again, contrast it to Xenoblade Chronicles where I was really interested in the story so I didn't mind sitting back and watching two hours worth of like cutscenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in Kingdom Hearts 3, the, the story's not really that great. The writing isn't really that great. And, like, and I say the story's not that great because I watched like two hours worth of cutscenes, and I still don't know what's going on. That's a long time to sit there and be confused. Whereas with like Xenoblade Chronicles, I was, you know, watching a whole story unfold and a world be built. And it was super interesting. And I didn't mind sitting back and watching anime for that much time and not actually really getting into gameplay because the story was intriguing and then the first world that they send you to being hercules like i am not even 100 percent sure if i've even seen hercules hmm. um so it's not even like a disney world that i'm super tied to like if they threw me right into toy story i'd be like yeah let's do this like yeah, hercules is a really deep cool. cut right yeah I, I mean it's not it could they could go deeper but like hercules is one of those like it's an animated feature, but it was it really like I like yeah. It, it feels wrong, like but... Hercules feels like the B team of Disney movies <laughs> a little bit. Like it felt like during that time frame when you were you were just you you were you were cranking these things out because you like you you had it. Like it, it was still a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, but like it's no Aladdin, it's no Lion King. Yeah, it's... exactly. It's none of the like. It's not one of their like tentpole series series. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it in a while. I remember enjoying it when I was a kid, but like, uh, I don't think, it, let's just put it this way. Hercules is not, you know, what I'm looking forward to in, in Kingdom Hearts 3. And uh, But then again, like, how's the Danny DeVito? Is it Danny DeVito? Is it just a sound alike? Like, what do we I, think? Who, who does he play? Oh, isn't he the, um, isn't he the, the, the weird guy with the, the goat legs? Uh, I, I don't oh, know. that guy, that guy hasn't said anything yet. Oh, he's, you got Danny DeVito alike, and you're not gonna make him say anything. That's that's this game. I don't know. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's kind of I I feel like once I get used to the controls, maybe and have a chance to do a little bit more of the combat, because partway through the um, Olympus world, like it it was it does feel very tutorial like, and it's 
very, very slow to pick up and let you use more abilities and stuff. And so mm-hmm. partway through that world, I finally got like you you basically like as you're attacking things, you're building up um they're they're not really combo points, but I guess you're like building up energy is a better way to to think about it. And then so as your energy builds up, then you can activate like special abilities. And those are all like really cool and satisfying when they happen. So I think it's just like it's just been a real slog, like a really, really slow start. But I'm I'm kind of hoping that it picks up and becomes more interesting. And I think it probably will. So I'm going to stick with it because, again, like I only I only got, you know, two hours of playtime of which 20 minutes of it was actual you know, directing of the character by me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it needs more of my time before I can really give it a yay or a nay. But yeah. it is it is beautiful. The writing is pretty terrible, but at <laughs> least the at least the visuals are stunning and the music is fantastic too. So and that's, I think I that's just good. get into it a little more. I, I think that would be really cool to for you to re, you know keep going with it a little bit and and seeing where the worlds go because I think for me, uh, again I I was not a PlayStation person so that's why I missed out on on the the first two because I believe they were they originally launched on the PS2, um, both of them I don't I think maybe the you know the remakes or the remasters came out on the PS3 but uh, and there's definitely a way to enjoy all these games on on the PS4 I think now like they've they've done a very good job at, at re-releasing these things constantly um but there yeah. was there was actually a bundle that you could buy um and i think it ended up being like it would have been 50 dollars for four games because mm. it was uh kingdom hearts one and two and then i guess they had like a kingdom hearts like 1.5 and zero or something i can't remember or 2.5 i don't know there's but like they, a 1.5 and like a 2.8 and like that's so weird. Like we just yeah, it is it. super weird. But yeah, so those four games, whatever whatever they were, were included for 50 bucks. And I was like, well, I'm I don't know if I if I like this franchise yet. Anyways, I might as well just buy the new one because I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to play through all four of these games before kingdom hearts three actually comes out. And I was super excited for three. So, mm-hmm. cause it looked from what I'd seen, you know, trailers and stuff like that. It looked really cool and interesting. And it was a, a franchise I'd literally not heard of until I guess, what was it like E3 a couple of years ago when they announced kingdom hearts three and everyone lost their minds. Yeah. There was that moment where they, where people, their minds literally left, left their, yeah. their brains. Um, yeah, I I think for me, you know, I I cannot even go near this game honestly. Knowing knowing the the fervor that people have for it and and the amount of um, attention and time sink it would require to really latch onto this thing. But for me, if I had if I was if I was gonna play this game, it would be I would I would look past the story and be like, I'm not even gonna go there. But what I will do is I will enjoy these characters and what other game do you have where you are surrounded constantly by uh two of the weirdest sounding disney characters you got donald duck as one of your one of your party members and then you got goofy as the other party member and yeah. honestly like disney isn't and doing much donald with those duck, characters no and donald duck is friggin' hilarious like yeah 
and I so I, I have closed captions turned on because that's normally of what course. I do. Of course, how would you understand uh, them? Yeah, you totally would not be able to understand him if it weren't for the closed caption. So that's very helpful. But uh, but he's still like, there's some words that he says that are just they're hilarious because he's Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah, like, and could you imagine the voice actor who's probably been playing him for decades? And it's like, you want me to like, I mean, like the Donald Duck voice only goes so far, and you want me to say this thing? It has more than three syllables. Like, you guys do know? Okay, well, let's do it. Yeah, you know? he's probably I, I don't know. It's uh. yeah that's to me and i don't know is mickey in your party because mickey or is mickey evil i thought mickey was in your party um that might be that because of the choices that i made one of the and this is the other thing is it like showed these um like the short little almost like cut scenes for each of the different choices you have to make back at the beginning like i said vitality wisdom or balance and i chose balance and that was the one that showed um goofy and donald so i'm wondering the there was the vitality one i think that showed mickey so i wonder had i shown had i picked that maybe i'd be playing with mickey i'm i'm not 100 percent clear none of this was clear (laughs) (laughs) who knows it's almost like you just have to check your 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 sort of well check you just gotta check your check on on the way in and be like i'm not even gonna try and figure any of this out let's do some disney and exactly (laughs) yeah i i The fact that they nail music and they nail the look and feel is kind of like that's that's bar one with these type of games. And and really, like, this is one of the few game franchises that is actually using Disney characters in a a full fledged Mm -hmm. video game. So it's kind of nice to see them running with it. So um, I hope you do get another shot. You get in there because I'm sure there are folks that that are listening to the show. There's at least a couple of Kingdom Hearts fans and and they will probably write in. It's like, yeah, the story's convoluted, but like if you play these 16 games you'll understand well i mean people yeah people must absolutely i mean there's so many people that just absolutely love this franchise so Mm. i mean i'm sure that i'm missing something or like i'll get there eventually but you know for for the first couple hours was a little bit rough so but i'm i'm gonna stick with it i'm my roommate is upstairs playing it right now so i probably will poke my head up there after we're done recording and see how far he's managed to get so Mm-hmm. Um, see if he's seen any new any new content or has a better idea of what's going on than I do because he did play the first two. So oh well, there you go. But even he... then, he was trying to explain, and then he's like, "Wait, I, maybe that's not what happened." Because again, it was 15 years ago, right? So that is uh, crazy. But yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it's it is a gorgeous and really nice sounding game. So I think I just need to to push through and get to the points where you know there is more combat things are a little bit more interesting like the constant like stop and go is also mm-hmm. was also kind of crappy it's so. it's known for its long cutscenes as well so i think like yeah it's just, yeah. i feel like it's just the it's the style of game and the you know region that it comes from really mm-hmm. so yeah uh, if you guys like the show and want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. We have a goal to have a new patron each month. So if you've been thinking about supporting the show over on Patreon, you could become our February patron. Also today, apparently marks our five year anniversary on Patreon, which I, if you had asked me, I would have said, oh, it's been like two or three years, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Apparently I just, uh, yeah. Lose five track years. of time. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was weird because I think Patreon's starting to do like the Facebook thing where it's like, oh, you know, 
coming up five years at a, and I mean, like I do appreciate the nudge. Like I would never have uh, really counted. Um, no, no, I was definitely not paying attention. Yeah, but at uh, five years, thank you to everybody who supported us over over the last five years. It's we super duper appreciate it. Um, yeah, twenty fourteen was five years ago. It's crazy to think. Wow. Uh, that brings us to our topic of the week this week. Very quickly, we're going to cover Nintendo's new announcement. Dr. Mario World is coming to smartphones in summer 2019. They have also, uh, part of this news as well, was that they delayed the Mario Kart Tour app that was also supposed to be coming. And I've got to say, so in in this news, I'm, I was excited about more Nintendo mobile offerings mm-hmm. until I read that it was going to be free with microtransactions. And I, I totally understand that the um, Super Mario Run, which was the, was it five or seven dollars purchase? I can't I think remember it was now. 10 bucks. Was it 10? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly can't remember. Um, but like the one-time purchase for the game, I know that kind of underperformed when compared to something like Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. So I I do understand that that is the bid, the business model that works. But oh man, I was so hoping that they were going to just release these things for a one-time payment. I, I'm much rather that than constantly nickel and diming me with microtransactions. Yeah, no, I, I think when we originally covered Super Mario Run, it was one of those things where we were very stoked that we could just pay once and be done with with the whole nudge, nudge, hey, hey, you know, kind of give us give us more money now. Um, and I think you're right. Like they they launched with that that model with Super Mario Run. And I think Nintendo has always said, hey, we still prefer the pay to own model, you know, not the pay to play model, uh, or the free to play model. No, wait, no, maybe it's sorry, I'm confusing these things. So we, we prefer the pay to play model, not the free to play, you know, right. So but then they launched uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, and they launched Animal Crossing Pocket or Camp Pocket or whatever the hell they call it. Pocket um, Camp. Pocket Camp, thank you. As free-to-play titles, and everyone thought, like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Dragalia Lost was another one. Didn't come out in Canada, but it is another Nintendo-published mm-hmm. mobile game. Again, free-to-play. Um, do we know what the what the model was for Mario Kart? Was that going to be a paid game, or did people just assume it was going to be a paid game? I think people just assumed it was going to be a, a paid game, but I don't think that they ever actually said one way or another. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the fact that they did mention that they uh, they delayed it because they wanted more post release content in in the you know on track you know so mm-hmm. that to me screams that that is also a free to play game because I don't think you you build up post launch content right away for a pay to play game like you kind of build the game you release it we pay for it you get a certain amount of content and then maybe a year later they try to like boost it up a bit with a with a new update similar to what they did with super mario run so the fact that they're saying that they're working on post release content so they delayed it tells me that that one is also probably free to play um which you know i agree with you like i would prefer you know, just paying one amount and, and going from there. But it seems to be the model that, that works. Uh, I wouldn't say well, but just like it financially, it works best, right, for, for making all that money. Um, but like, are you a fan of Dr. Mario? Like we're finally getting another one of those games and you might get it on, and you're going to get it on your phone. 
Like I'm yeah. I'm definitely gonna get it. Um, I Doctor Mario was kind of, was okay. It wasn't anything that I played all the time. Like it's not you know Zelda. It's not Tetris. It's something like easily digestible. It's mm-hmm. a small experience, so it's something I can jump in, play a level or two, jump out. So I'll probably get it because I, I do think Nintendo just, I really like their their mobile offerings. I mean, I'm not as into Fire Emblem as Ryan is, but, you know, like I, I do like what they've done on mobile. I really liked uh, Super Mario Run. So I, I was planning on getting both Dr. Mario World and Mario Kart. Um, again, was planning on paying for them. So we'll have to see what the models look like. So Mario Kart uh, being delayed until summer... That's that is all we know about Mario Kart. So they haven't given any kind of um, even in these announcements, they didn't give any information. They did about Dr. Mario World, but not about Mario Kart in terms of uh, what the pricing model is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing is for Mario for Dr. Mario, I think it does, depending on the model, like it does work as a light free to play game. Like we're not talking about Fire Emblem Heroes or uh or Dragalia Lost, where you're literally pumping, you know, money into it to to summon specific characters and heroes, and 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 you know, building up your army that way. Um, maybe more like Pocket Camp, where you're you have the ability to pay into it um, to get cosmetics and uh, to build out your collection of items. But where with Dr. Mario, it's probably like an energy thing where you can only do so many, you know, moves or so many play so many games at once or or challenge people so many times. Um, And I'm fine with that because honestly, like I would never Dr. Mario isn't one of those games where you're going to sit like I'm going to play for six hours and not stop. Like Dr. Mario is supposed to be bite sized. You're supposed to go in, play a couple matches, jump out. Um, Sort of like like are we thinking it's more like a Candy Crush thing? Like I've never played Candy Crush. So. That's the first thing that pops into my head, though, when I think about, like, mobile Tetris-like clones, you know, like those bejeweled puzzles. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you're probably, you know, like, on the money with the comparison to Candy Crush. And I've got to say, I haven't played Candy Crush either, so I don't really know what the um, microtransactions look like in Candy Crush. I do think that they're quite numerous, though, so Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that they don't go down that road too far with dr mario world but we'll have to yeah well i'm i'm hoping that this uh i was really hoping for for a nintendo uh phone like game at some point Uh, it's been a while since they've released one like dragalia lost was the last one and from what i've heard it's it's just another it's just another summoning type game like where you're building out characters and it's different gameplay than fire emblem heroes but it's kind of like another one of those free-to-play gotcha games Mm. um so i'm looking forward to nintendo like not doing another one of those i did enjoy pocket camp from what i played for the first little bit but it didn't it didn't like really grab me um, so I want to see I want to see them explore other types of mobile games and not just continue to make these gotcha games, which are hard to sustain when you're when you're pumping the market with them, right? Like yeah, you, you kind of have to let them do their thing and support it. You can't just keep creating competition, right? So I'm I'm thinking these two games that they're they're mentioning, like if summer 2019 is the target for both of them, um, I'm thinking Dr. Mario comes out probably like you know, early summer and then Mario Kart is like our early fall, late summer type release. So 
Um, yeah, I don't think that they'll release them one right on top of the other because, well, originally Mario Kart was supposed to come out in March, right? So mm-hmm. they, they'll probably, I would guess, try to keep a similar um, gap between the two releases. So they'll give us, you know, Dr. Mario and then a couple months later, Mario Kart or vice versa. Yeah, I could see like one of these games being unveiled on like an Apple stage or something, you know, taking advantage of that, like kind of press to show off a, a new game alongside yeah. like a developers conference or a new a new hardware conference. Um, you know, Nintendo eats up those opportunities and, and I'm sure Apple likes having other large developers on stage. But uh, yeah, no, I'm... I'm excited to see what Nintendo does. They seem to be one of the few, you know, major platform holders that is interested in truly pursuing phone games. So um, Mm -hmm. I want to see more of that. As do I. I think that's actually pretty much going to do it for us this week. You guys can uh, come and join the conversation over on our Discord, which is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Ryan and I are in there all the time talking to you guys about all the games that you're playing. So again, bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Do make sure you come and join the community. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn of Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are available after the fact over on Twitch. If you'd like to email the show and let us know why I am totally wrong about Kingdom Hearts 3, do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Here we go!